Hello everyone and welcome back to Beginner's Basics to Dungeons and Dragons. My name is Evan Kaufman and I'll be your Dungeon Master for this session. In this weekly show we're focused on helping newcomer players and Dungeon Masters get into the very basics of 5th edition D&D. Now this week though we're going to be kicking back a little bit with something a little more freeform. It's a chance for me and you both to, re to relax while we talk shop on D&D with a longer episode. This is The Long Rest, a new special episode I'd like to release once a month in the last week of every month going forward. Now, my episode where I interviewed one of my players was very well received. According to my anchor statistics, it's actually my second most popular episode overall. In the spirit of that, then, I thought we would have another guest on, if not for the purposes of those sweet, sweet statistics, then just so I can talk face-to-face -face with one of my D&D friends before we split up for the summer. She is beauty. She is grace. She will slap you in the face. She is canon, the cyborg tiefling, but also my friend, Abby Evans. Abby, welcome. Hi. So, wanted to have you on because we're actually having a little bit of like a segment on my show right now where we're breaking down character creation. We're going over all the classes right now. Oh, my favorite part. And I specifically ask you, yes, because... You enjoy character creation very much. A little too much. <laughs> yeah, so I guess getting right into the first question, what do you particularly enjoy about the process of character creation? Uh, what kind of like draws it, draws you into it? Um, well, before I came to college, I wanted to be a writing major, but I decided to go science, and now I'm in criminal justice, which is another story. But I love the process of creating a whole fantastic world with your own little rules and different personalities and that whole cluster of basically a bomb ready to go off depending on who's in your world. And so I love being able to put myself in their shoes and being able to play out my own little fantasies through the characters that I create. And being able to have a wide variety of characters means that I can express a range of my own emotions and characteristics throughout each of those people. That's interesting, actually, because one of the reasons I particularly uh, like D&D as well, I think I've talked about it on the show before, is because I get to kind of step out of myself for a little bit and just kind of embody somebody completely different. Maybe they represent a facet of myself that I don't represent very often, maybe they don't. It's just nice to be able to get away from everything for a little bit. A few hours at the end of every week, it's pretty okay. So, obviously you use a lot of like homebrew and do you want to like break down what homebrew is real quick for my, uh, for my audience so we can just kind of skim over that? Of course, no problem. Uh, homebrew is a website. I use D&D uh, Wikidot. And it's where creators from everywhere, from Joe Schmo in his basement to whoever's up in the Hamptons, they can go online and create their own races, their own classes, their own backgrounds, their own feats, whatever they want. And other people can connect to the thing that they created and use it for their character as well. So say that I wanted to be a master chef in my 
Food is so delicious that it makes people get inspiration. I can create a class that allows me to do that. And by creating it on homebrew, I can let other people look at that and build their character off of that as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if I've dipped my toes very much into homebrew as of yet. I have. I don't feel like I've exhausted like the uh, just vanilla catal- catalog of like races and classes and all that. Well, once you go homebrew, it's hard to go back. <laughs> There's probably an innuendo to be made there. I wasn't thinking of that, but sure. This show is explicit. I do not give a shit. So. <laughs> Get it out of your system. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> Alright. So, I'm gonna, like, really challenge you here, though, and I'm gonna ask you, among the vanilla classes, what do you prefer the most? Because that's what we're covering right now. I want to, like... I would have to say that my favorite class from the vanilla regular D&D is the one I first played, which is Rogue. Ah... Uh... Do yep. you remember her? Wait, in- that was your first D&D character? <laughs> yep, Intravayu Tempestrial. Tempest. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that was your first character. I, you said that you were making characters before that. No, I didn't. No, wait, didn't you? No, I just said I had character concepts, but I never actually went on. You see, this is why it's been taking me a minute to get my episodes out, everyone. I'm burnt out and tired because we're getting into dead week now. Yeah, next week's finals week. Are you here to Friday as well? I... actually, my last exam is going to be on Monday, so... What is this garbage? It's the garbage that comes with only taking 12 credit hours. Yeah, she stuck her tongue out at me. She stuck her tongue out at me, everyone. And you deserve it, too, for getting out early. Hey, you know, if it's any compensation, I have to stay an extra semester after next year, so it's it perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Meanwhile, so. I get to graduate in December. Maybe I get to graduate in December. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in the Air Force. I'm going to be an astronaut. <laughs> I mean, come on. Okay. So the rogue is actually interesting. I didn't know Tempest was your first character. I remember her. She was a drunken pirate, as I seem to recall. Yep, and when we stopped having that world, she was starting to go through withdrawal because Kanet's character decided to throw away all my alcohol. How many How many of our like first D&D game was that? Because that was... I remember uh, Will said that that was his first game. Mm-hmm. Kanet said he didn't really play D&D a lot before that. Yeah. I think Sean had been playing before that. Yeah, Sean isn't really with our group anymore, though. Yeah. I'm uh, glad that we got to see him recently, though. Yeah, it was great. To, uh, he was at a session of ours recently. I was DMing, and he sat in for a little bit while everyone was doing their deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was actually my first D&D game in a little while, too. So, I had been playing before that, but I had been on a little bit of a hiatus because... Uh, senior year of high school kind of kicked my butt more than the rest of high school did, which is saying something. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it's supposed to prepare you for college and everything. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. But college is really where it's opened me up to the rest of, um, well, D&D, because I'd only heard of it beforehand, but coming to college, I finally found everybody. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, I'm happy that we had Andrew as a DM because he's like super knowledgeable about like tabletops just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
Yeah, the rogue. Getting back to your favorite class, the rogue. We yeah. have not. We haven't actually touched on that yet. We've gone up to clerics by now. Oh. So we're going down the list in alphabetical order. And so rogue is actually going to be closer to kind of our last. Do you want to elaborate on that? So rogues are um, very dexterity based. They rely on dex and charisma the most, right? Yeah. I'm, and so I'm sorry. Could I like get you to kind of like lean down here closer to the mic? Yeah. Sorry. Um, they're very stealthy. They're the sneaky people who like to steal things and then stab you. <laughs> and then. <laughs> That's their shtick. Yeah, just take things, stab, and run. Um, but I really like playing that kind of a person because as a uh, rogue and I played a half-elf, and so that gave me some extra bonuses, but I could carry two daggers and double attack and deal sneak attack damage. And so that adds, like, double your... Um, attack, right? I do not have the book immediately in front ah. of me, but I, that sounds accurate. Yes. I think uh, Will is actually playing a rogue right now. I think it's yes. an extra 2d6. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. Sneak attack is plus 2d6 on top of your normal attack. And so, mm -hmm. as a rogue, if you're double handing uh, with daggers, then you deal. Uh, your normal attack die or dies plus your 2d6 and then you also get to attack with the other dagger and so you basically multiply it by two yeah you have the opportunity to be like absolutely insane as a rogue is basically the bottom line yeah but the problem is that as a rogue you really want to hit hard but then you have to retreat because the class is called the glass cannon for a reason. Yeah, the, they will get shattered if you like. They can't take a lot of getting slapped around. No. We, we both played rogues in a recent one-shot that we did. Uh-oh. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I barely remember anything about it, but I was a... For, uh, for everyone who's more experienced in tuning in, I was a bugbear rogue, and I kind of... I kind of pissed off our DM because I uh, I could like be further out of reach than the people that we were attacking and then run yeah. away afterwards because that's how he runs his games. Yeah, because you had like a 10 foot arm reach, right? I did. Bugbear's got an extra five feet um, like reach. I, j I joked that I should have taken a spear that way I could have like attacked people from across the room. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Andrew's face when you said that was just like, do not ever <laughs> suggest such an outlandish thing again. Mm, okay. Are you going to do that? I won't say anything. Oh my gosh. Andrew's going to kill you. Andrew or Kanat or whoever it is that I play <laughs> for next. Okay. I would say that, for me, we actually just touched on one of, if not my favorite classes. The uh, Cleric is my favorite, actually. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the utility that the Clerics can provide. I, I really like just supporting people. That's right, you're the support. Yeah, that's kind of a running joke. We all have, like, 
a little bit of a role that we tend to gravitate towards, and I am the support character. I was labeled the tank, even though I am not supposed to be the tank. I do not have the tank health, nor the tank armor. I don't think it's even that you were the tank. I think it's that you just wound up taking the most damage and <laughs> drew fire from the rest of us. You know what? It's worth it. Okay, so... Joking nicknames aside, yeah, that's basically where I said. I just like... I just like clerics, man. There's not a lot to it. I never knew that. Yeah. So, moving on from that, what advice would you give to somebody, and we're going to kind of wrap up with this, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to somebody who is still kind of intimidated by D&D, either because of its reputation and depiction in pop culture, though admittedly that's been getting better in recent decades, or, you know, the overcomplicated rules or the culture that just surrounds the game, what would you say to convince them to give it a try? Well, first and foremost, when it comes to the people that you play with, don't just pick a group because there's people that want to play. The best thing would be for you to be comfortable, because if you're not comfortable, you're not going to play well, you're not going to envelop yourself in the experience, and it's going to pull you out if you're super uncomfortable with the people and the environment that you're playing in. And so... That would be my first thing. So find a group of people that you're comfortable with, perhaps some friends or relatives that you know that like to play games and perhaps would like to give D&D a try as well. Um, the second thing is that um, if you're intimidated by the complicated rules of D&D, then I would suggest to relax. Most of the rules are for the DMs and they're the ones who help maintain the flow of the game so that way nobody's breaking any of the rules. Like you can't roll a 1d12 if your hit dice for your longsword is a 1d8. And so um, really the whole table can help with that. Um, there aren't necessarily any major rules, like you can't do this, you can't do that. It's more like you have to play your character. You can't just be a barbarian when you picked to be a druid. Um, and so, I'm not sure if that made any sense, but third- Well, we've touched on barbarians. We're gonna get into druids next week, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, but the third thing that I would say is with the pop culture and specifically what came out in, what, the 80s, 90s? Yeah, you know, I'm sorry, get, get to what you said and then I have something I want to say. Alright, um, I know that they demonized it, haha, and said that it was related to the occult or demons or devil worship and stuff like that and it's really nothing like that i mean sure you can make a character that believes in the devil and worships him but that's like one out of a quadrillion of people that you can pick to play and dungeons and dragons is more about the experience of exploring a world and role-playing with your friends about life in a fantasy middle-aged or cyberpunk cogsworth uh 
city and it's more about the journey into a world that you've always wanted to be in and yet have never had the chance to because you're stuck here on earth that sounds very good yeah about like this isn't really what I wanted to say but I kind of thought about this while you were talking uh, I really just enjoy the utility of being able to be with friends so D&D yes. uh, so is just kind of it was a little bit of a backdrop and then I came to enjoy it a little bit more for you know the kind of game it is the creative avenues it opens up for people and I, I just am really attracted to that what I did want to say is <laughs> about D&D's like cultural impact you know Tom Hanks Tom Hanks right like Forrest Gump Sheriff Woody the man the myth the legend you know what his first like film role was uh no but I would like to know he his first like leading film role was in kind of a piece of mo uh it was a four tv movie that was put on cbs in 1982 it was called mazes and monsters and basically what it did was it played into the satanic panic of D D. oh my gosh so that's how he got launched into the stratosphere with his Is career by playing on the trope of devil worship in D D. yeah uh, i have spells or whatever tom hanks sounds like Whatever Tom Hanks sounds like. <laughs> I have spells. <laughs> yeah. it, it was just this really like heavy-handed like hit piece against D and D that came out back in the day. Man, that's unfortunate. Fortunately, my mom is a huge D and D person as well. She played a cleric dwarf. <laughs> and funny story, slightly off-topic. During one of the sessions, she had to go heal her whole party because it was nearly a TPK, which is a total party kill. Um, you want to avoid those wherever possible, DMs. Yes. Um, so make sure that you balance your monsters and villains very carefully with your group. Um, but she had to go around healing everybody because she was a cleric. And so she asked the DM if she could distract the BBEG, or the big bad evil guy, and have a wardrobe malfunction. I'm using bunny quotes. Um in order to distract him so that she could go heal everybody. And she rolled for it, got a nat 20, and so she could distract the BBEG and heal her whole party because of a wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> what did, what did, I don't even know what you would have to roll to like have a wardrobe malfunction happen. Is it persuasion? <laughs> um, probably just a charisma roll, but persuasion would probably be hilarious if you're trying to convince the DM himself or herself. <laughs> you know, I used to really do this a lot when I was first getting started DMing. Uh, I used to like, somebody would suggest like, hey, can I do something really outlandish and kind of stupid? And oh I would gosh. be like, you know what, I'm going to leave it up to the hands of fate. Can you do something really outlandish and stupid? Roll to persuade the DM is what I said yes. to people. And then I got called on it for that being kind of like a stupid system, and I dropped it, so... Mm. Eh, whatever. See, it's good every once in a while, but if somebody's like, I want to know if I can do a kickstand, or not kickstand, kickflip, I don't skateboard. Um, without owning a skateboard. So it's like, you can't do that if you don't have the things in order to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes... 
That makes sense, yeah. Sorry, my English is not awesome today because I have allergies and it's a wonderful time of year. Yeah, we are all burnt out right now and allergies are just starting to come back on and it's not a happy time. I'm running on Benadryl. I feel really sick right now and that's not even an exaggeration. Oh my, you okay? It's not COVID, so yes, I'm good. <laughs> well, Abby, every, all of that being said, I know that it is a stressful time for everyone right now, so I want to thank you for coming out and joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad I could be here. Yep, and I hope you have a happy summer, too. Thanks, you too. <laughs> well, everyone, that's basically it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen. If you have any feedback you'd like to give regarding the show, remember to send me an email using our brand new email address, beginningbasically at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Stay tuned. Here in a week, we're actually going to be getting right back into it with the master of nature and elemental magic, the druid. On that note, safe travels, adventurers, and peace. <laughs>